Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we now focus our hearts and our attention on your written word, what it has to say to us, we ask that you shine a light on our hearts, that you burn away all the distractions, all the things that may pop up in our minds and compete with our attention, that you just clear all that away so that your light can make its way deeply into our very being that your truth can resonate within us. Lord, we ask that you bless the reading of this word and the hearing of it, and that you bless this time that we have in the presence of your Holy Spirit and in the presence of each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4 and verses 19 through 26. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever, and the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Of old, you spoke in a vision to your godly one and said, I have granted help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David, my servant with my holy oil. I have anointed him so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm shall also strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him. And my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Throughout the Advent season, we've been uh, going through some, some psalms that reflect the themes of Advent. Around the Advent wreath, we light a candle each week, uh, uh, that each one representing one of these themes, hope, peace, joy, and love. And so we come today to the end of the Advent season and we reflect on God's love for us and we do it by reading a psalm. A psalm is essentially a song that was written, a song of praise. We come to church and we sing and and if you've ever thought about how weird that is, then then you may be on something. There's really not too many uh, situations in our life on our social calendar, where we, um, we come together and we just all sing songs in unison with each other. But at church, we do. And it's because we are a singing people. Christians are a singing people. Uh, all the way up until the, the most recent publication of the hymnal, there was something in the front called Wesley's Rules for Singing. John Wesley knew how important it was for Christians to sing, and he had a list of rules that he wanted the Methodist church to go by. Some of them are a little bit outdated and ridiculous, 
And some of them are, you know, common sense things. Sing joyfully. Sing as you're singing to the Lord. Don't sing too proudly and loudly so as to draw attention to yourself. But the idea was John Wesley knew that we were a singing people. And we have something to sing about. At Christmas time, we sing Christmas songs because we know the wonder of the season. We know what the season holds for us, and we can't help but sing. Why? Because it reaffirms our faith. When we sing something, we are basically saying, my heart is letting this truth resonate within me, and it's bubbling out into song. When I was uh, a bit younger, I played in a band... And uh, it was a rock and roll band, and, and there were already two guys that played guitar, so I wound up having to play the bass. And uh, I was a little bit reluctant to that at first, but it was my way into the band. And what I realized right away was that the bass is actually a very powerful instrument. Uh, you can be in a room, a rehearsal room, or at a concert, and, and people playing, and you can hear the rat-a-tat of the drums. Somebody can be wailing on the guitar, going up and down the fretboard. But if there's no bass, the song has no feeling. And so that first practice, I remember plugging in my bass. They were already playing around with something. And I plucked that first note, and the, and the whole room started to shake. And I said, yeah, I'm the bass player. The bass helps the song resonate. It makes the song what it is because you feel it. You feel it in your chest. You feel it in your heart. And all of a sudden, the song takes on new meaning. When we sing these songs of Christmas or when we read these psalms that were written about God and about His love, the joy and the peace that He offers, it resonates within us. It becomes real because it's embodied. It has feeling. It has emotion because we are connected to it. At least that's my hope for us. At least that's what I hope we are are feeling when we are singing these songs and reading these scriptures. That we are taking them to heart and letting them resonate within us. Because what better love to sing about than the love of God? This psalm begins, I will sing of the love of the Lord forever. But do we? We don't always Sometimes we get distracted, sometimes we get complacent, sometimes we don't sing of the love of the Lord, at least not in the way that we should. Our faithfulness wavers. But as this psalm goes on to say, God is steadfast. God's love is steadfast and permanent and unwavering. And he says, I am faithful. I remember my promises. I remember my people. I remember my servants. I remember my covenants that I've made to you. And so when we read this psalm and when we sing about God's love, we are recognizing not only our own lack of faithfulness, but we are recognizing by contrast His faithfulness. And we see that where we are disloyal, where we are flawed, He is perfect. And His love is much more perfect than ours. If you've ever been deeply in love with someone who is deeply in love back with you, you know that there are moments where you look at them and you just wonder, how does this person love me? I know there are times, uh, many, many times, more than I care to count, where I've looked at Claire and thought, how the heck does this woman love me? And, and most of you that know me and know Claire know that I, I married up. I, did, I, I married above my station. She, she, for some reason, doesn't realize that, but I'm, 
okay? She, she, she posts pictures sometimes on Facebook or Instagram. She refers to me as her better half, and I tell her all the time, nobody is buying that. But there are times where I look at her and I think that, and she's told me there are times where she looks at me and thinks the same thing. How do you love me? Why do you love me so much? And that's what real love is. It's being able to recognize that someone loves you despite your flaws, despite your shortcomings. And when we think of the love of God, when we think of the love he had for us to send his son to this earth, we think, God, why do you love me? Why do you love me like you do? Because you are faithful and I am not. You are steadfast and I am not. You are holy and I am not. And yet... You love me anyway. God does love us, and it's a deep and profound mystery as to why. But Christmas is all about that mystery. It's about the mystery of God's love. Now, one thing that can really irk me or really inspire me, just completely depending on the situation, is a church sign. When you drive past churches and you see the signs out on the yard, some of them are silly, some of them are kind of funny, some of them are just... Ridiculous, But every now and then you'll see some that really inspire you. And if you're going on Highway 41 towards Buena Vista coming from Columbus, if you pass, uh, or not 41, it's Highway 80, but if you pass Upatoy, there's a church sign out there that says, the message is in the manger. And the first time I read that, it made me pause. And I thought about the message. What message is in the manger? The message is this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is some message. God's love, God's mercy, God's kindness, it came to us in human form in Jesus Christ. This past week, uh, I had the privilege of watching with my kids the most recent uh, Star Wars movie. Um, I know a lot of you are not planning on seeing that. Uh, I know some of you might be planning on seeing it if you haven't seen it already, so I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Yeah. So there's a, there's a part in there that says uh, where they're, they're talking, and there's the, there's, there's the situation where um, somebody isn't, they don't know all the Jedi code. They don't know the message. They don't, I mean, they don't know all the laws and the rules and the traditions. And, and that's sort of the knock on this person. But then it's pointed out that that doesn't matter. This person embodies what it means to be a Jedi. This person has the heart of a Jedi. And, and you don't have to be a Christian very long to see the parallel there. That Jesus Christ, who came to earth and was knocked by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and put down because they felt he was breaking traditions and that he wasn't, he was unlawful and all these kind of things. Really, Jesus was the embodiment of God's love and God's law. His law is love. And so when Jesus Christ came to earth, the embodiment of everything that, that was told to us in the Old Testament to be true and right, the embodiment of God's ways and God's law and God's love came to earth in the form of a person. And that's worth singing about. That's worth singing about more than any other love in the world. Paul McCartney was one of the Beatles, and he, they 
made their fame singing love songs, and that was sort of the knock on them later. The, the Beatles didn't just sing love songs. Later in the 60s, they sang about other things that didn't always make sense. But then when they got to the 70s, uh, rock and roll music, a lot of it uh, wasn't about love. There weren't a lot of love songs floating around. And so people would, would try to say, well, that music's dated. It's just a bunch of silly love songs. And so he wrote a song about silly love songs. And he said, some people want to fill the world with silly love songs. But what's wrong with that? There's a reason that love songs are so popular. Because it resonates with us. It's something we understand. If you've ever felt love in your life, then you know the truth that is found in a simple love song. There's two types of love songs. There's heartbreak and there's joy. Psalm 89 is the joyful kind. It's the kind that says, God, why do you love me like you do? Why are you so faithful to me? Why do you love us so much that you kept this covenant? Why did you love David so much? If you were here in the past few, uh, few months, we, we did a series on David and we talked about his flaws, his faith, but also his flaws. God made a covenant with David that his son, the Messiah, would come through his bloodline. And it did. And this psalm just leaves us with wonder and with mystery. Why do you love us so much to keep those promises? To be so faithful to us even when we are not. Advent is the season where we prepare our hearts for Christmas. And as the end of Advent approaches, let us be prepared to receive the mystery of God's love given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's a mystery that's high, it's unattainable to our minds, but if we step fully into it, embracing it as a sign of God's faithfulness, even in the midst of our unfaithfulness, we will be filled with wonder, with hope, with peace, and with joy. Let that mystery of God's love resonate within you. Let it become real within you. Let it produce a song in your heart. And let us sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your love, for a love that is far greater and far bigger than, than any love we have ever known. We ask that that love will resonate within us. That it will change the way we feel, not just about you, but about all those we come into contact with. That your love will be made real in our lives and that it will be lived through us. Lord, we thank you for that message, that love letter that you sent so long ago through your son Jesus Christ. That you loved the whole world so much that you gave your only son. And it's in his name we pray these things. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is hymn number 242 in your United Methodist hymnal. Love came down at Christmas. If you made a decision of any type today, I invite you and encourage you to come forward and share that with us. The altar is always open for anyone who wishes to spend just a few moments in prayer. Uh, but please stand if you are able and join us in singing hymn number 242.